Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is Tuesday, April 13th, and we're doing a uh, Another edition of a mock draft. This one is one that I know a lot of you have been asking for. Nick Filato is going to join us, and he is going to do a full giant seven-round mock draft in just a moment. Nick, for those of you who aren't familiar, writes for Giants Country. He's been doing all the draft previews for Giants Country, which is the site I manage. He also has contributed to Big Blue View, and he also has a podcast he does with Dan Schneier called Big Blue Banter. So that's on deck for today's show. We're going to do rounds one and two in this segment, then rounds uh, three and four. We'll be in the second segment, and then we'll do the two six-round picks in the final segment. So without further ado, here he is, Nick Filato, ladies and gentlemen. Here I am. But, Patty, thank you so much for having me. I always love talking New York Giants football with you. And we love you too, Nick. So, Nick, before we get started, and we're going to do two rounds per segment here, but before we get started, your thoughts on some of the trades and some of the you know the movement around the league and how that maybe impacts what the Giants might be able to do at number 11 is there anything really off the board and also we've got to take into consideration what they did in free agency so I love these trades because I feel like it's just going to push more talent down to the New York Giants selection at pick 11 because you have San Francisco jumping up who was at 12 you have them jumping up to pick three, you have the Miami Dolphins who fell back to 12, also jumped back up. That's presumably for a wide receiver, somebody they can surround with. Tua Tungabailoa, maybe it's one of the Alabama guys, one of their former teammates, because both Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith played with Tua. But ultimately, there couldn't realistically be five quarterbacks drafted before the New York Giants go, which does not happen all that often whatsoever. And that means if Mac Jones is that third pick, I'm imagining the talent of Justin Fields, somebody is going to get really, really greedy, possibly trade up. And then you have five quarterbacks go off the board, and that leaves five players before the Giants pick to be selected. There's going to be a lot of talented players for the Giants to pick at 11. Could they possibly trade down and collect more assets? They could go in that direction. Uh, Dave Gettleman has never done that before, but maybe a Joe Judge, something that Joe Judge wants to do, wants to accumulate a little bit more depth on the roster. That's something they could possibly go after but looking at the board i mean you're you're considering you're looking at the offensive line you're looking at the edge position the offensive line in general if you want to add someone like a rashawn slater to kind of help bolster not only the tackle spot if matt parrot and nate solder don't work out but the guard spot for shane lemieux and will hernandez something that i'm a little bit weary on going into this season just because it's not all that strong shane lemieux he's solid fifth round rookie last year but he struggles in pass protection and then will hernandez has kind of underwhelmed his entire career in New York, which is unfortunate because I really liked him coming out of college. And then you look at the edge spot. If the Giants want to go edge, presumably they could sit tight at 11 and select whatever edge they deem fit because nobody is going to probably go edge before them. Now, ideally, I would like the Giants to trade back in this situation and then go edge because you could probably still get their top-rated edge. But I do believe that if that's the course of action they want to go, which isn't the way I always think with the draft, I'm always about best player available. 
But if it's a course of action, they can get their guy because I doubt an edge is going to go before the New York Giants pick. And I, I think you're right on that. The question is, is whether or not there's value in taking an edge at number 11. There's just so many ways they can go. Their free agency class just really set them up. I mean, for what it's worth, I think it's going to be offensive line. I mean, I agree with you. The offensive line, I know they said they have all the confidence in the world, blah, blah, blah. But look, you know, you look down the line and you see Solder won't, probably won't be here next year. They sign Harrison and, and um, Fulton to one-year deals. You know, Hernandez is in the final year of his deal. I got to think they've got to get some depth on that offensive line. And they really didn't do that in free agency other than maybe for, like I said, Harrison and Fulton, who they signed to one-year deals. Absolutely. And you look at what the Giants did do in free agency. We need that big body X receiver for Jason Garrett's offense, right? He had it with Miles Austin. He had it with Terrell Owens. had it with Dez Bryant. You need to go out and find that. And this draft has plenty of people who could fit that prototype. But they go out and they, so, and they bring in Kenny Galladay, huge addition if he stays healthy for the New York Giants. And then they go and they address that second cornerback spot, allow Patrick Ram to run a lot more man coverage concepts with a versatile type of corner in a Dory Jackson, kind of sure that up. Now, that doesn't fully eliminate guys like J.C. Horn or, or uh, Patrick Sertan, but more than likely the Giants are going to go in that direction now after bringing the Dory in. So it kind of allows you to look at some of these other either skilled position players, which I'm not fully ruling out, Patty, to be honest. The Devonta Smiths of the world, the Jalen Waddles of the world, the Kyle Pitts if he fell, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. And kind of like what you just said, the offensive line. The Giants didn't do all that much with the offensive line this offseason. They brought back Nate Solder, lowered that cap hit. That was a good move, in my opinion. Bring guys like Dax Fulton, you know, okay, but that's not really a huge type of move, Harris, you know. So it's not something – I look at the offensive line, though, still, and I think that Daniel Jones is going to actually hit this, you know, third-year Josh Allen type of leap. He's going to need protection, and I'm not fully confident that the protection is going to be there. I, I, I trust that the Giants really – have uh, a lot of trust in their own coaching staff. They brought in Rob Sale, bring back Pat Flaherty. I think those things are really, really important. You have Freddie Kitchens now as an offensive analyst, bring in Derek Dooley to be the tight ends coach. You have a, a very, I, I think you could say, talented and experienced coaching staff to help develop young players. But if Will Hernandez or Shane Lemieux even get hurt, like regardless if they even work out, but if one of them get hurt, we're talking about Zach Fulton, the guy who just let 11 sacks a season in, unless they're high on someone like Kyle Murphy, the undrafted kid from Rhode Island last year. It's just, it's not a great situation in the interior parts of the offensive line. And that's, and let's be honest too, Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas, I'm not trying to be doomsday right now. Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas are second year players. I think Andrew Thomas can be a stud, but he had a lot of film that was problematic in his first season. And Matt Parrott showed some glimpses, but also had some poor games like the Baltimore game. So it's, it's just not a, it's something that I feel like could work out but there's definitely avenues where it can. All right. And Nick, we're going to go through the mock draft. We're going to see what comes up now, folks, the way we have this set up, we're going to do two picks per segment. So we're going to do all six. Well, the giants are drafting in, only in the first six rounds because they don't have a seventh round pick. So what I have done is I have set up the NFL. I'm sorry, the draft networks, mock draft simulator. We're going to use the player rankings. We're going to do all seven rounds, go normal. And when the Giants are on the clock, um, Nick is going to make a pick. I'll give him some some names that are on there. Uh, and he's going to make his pick, and he's going to tell us why he's making that pick. So, Nick, if you are ready. 
Let's I do this. Okay, so the Giants so far going through. And just so everybody knows, three quarterbacks already. First three picks are off the board. Uh, let's see. If, also off the board is Panay Sewell, Christian Darasaw, the offensive tackle. That's a name that, that's new. Jalen Waddell is off the board. Jamar Chase is off the board. Kyle Pitts is gone. Parsons is gone. And Kalebe Farley is on the board. Uh, I'm sorry, off the board. So, Nick, the next best available, Quiddy Pay, Rashawn Slater, Devonta Smith, Aliyah Vera Tucker, Jalen Phillips, Patrick Sertain, Jermaine, oh, I'm going to botch this name, Awuska. Yes, thank you. Aziz Ojalari is on there. Travis Entiene is on there. Kadarius Tony. So many options, Nick. Who are you going with and why? Alrighty, so I look at this, and I honestly think if this scenario did play out, the Giants may realistically look at someone like Devonta Smith and want to bring him in to the fold. I mean, Darius Slayton's already halfway through his contract. Sterling Shepard, I'm not 100% confident if he's going to get through the next three years of his contract with the head injuries and just the injuries in general. And the possible, possible cap hit down the road with all the other players they brought on. So I don't think receiver is going to be ruled out. I really love Jalen Phillips, the kid from Miami, the edge rusher. He has a lot of medical issues, though, in his past, dating back to when he was at UCLA. He left UCLA and went to Miami, and then he has this great season in 2020. But he has all the tools you want. I think he, he's my edge one for sure, and I think he's going to be one of the more dynamic players coming out of this draft. But the way this board fell, I'm going to go with Northwestern offensive lineman Rashawn Slater because Joe Judge has put a high precedent on offensive linemen who can play multiple positions. And I honestly believe, although he hasn't done it at the collegiate level, Rashawn Slater could play all five positions. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. I believe he can transition to the guard. He has 33-inch arms, which isn't ideal for the tackle spot. But I think if you bring Slater into the fray, you can lock him up into a guard spot. And then you can have Shane Lemieux and Will Hernandez battle it out for the other spot. Let the cream will kind of rise to the top there. Just having Rashawn Slater, I know he's a rookie, but I feel the talent, the footwork, his ability to just execute basically a variety of different blocking schemes because he has the athletic ability and the movement skills to to get to the outside shoulder on like an outside zone or stretch zone type of thing. I, I guess even like a three technique or something. He's he's very very talented as a as a movement type of guard. Now I his strength is an elite trait of his, but he's not going to be a liability in that in in the NFL in terms of his strength. I'm just saying he's not the Andrew Thomas type of guys who just bowl people off the line of scrimmage. He's more of a technician, very, very good with his hands, that kind of player. But I think if you bring him into the New York Giants, Patty, he's going to sure up what I feel it could be their biggest liability. It's something that could hold this offense back despite the fact that the Giants invested in Kyle Rudolph and Kenny Galladay and they're getting Saquon Barkley back. So Rashawn Slater is my pick at 11. Love it. And, and I agree with your logic, Nick. Rashawn Slater, you know, listen, <clears throat> I've said this before. Dave Gettleman is, to me, I, I, I took his his comments about the offensive line as a little bit of a smokescreen. I, I get it. Look, at some point you do have to let the young kids play. But right now you don't have really a starting right tackle. You don't know who that's going to be. You don't know who your right guard is going to be. You add a quality pick to that offensive line, and especially with this being Daniel Jones, a critical year for him, you especially want to have that offensive line as, as, as beefed up as possible. 
So I am totally, totally on board with that pick. I love that pick. I think it makes sense. Good job. We're in agreement so far. All right. Round number two. All right. So names on the board include Nick Bolton, linebacker, Javante Williams, running back, wide receiver Diami Brown, linebacker Cameron McGrone, safety Javon Holland, linebacker Jabril Cox, in- interior offensive lineman Wyatt Davis, edge Joseph Osai, I hope I said that right, uh, <clears throat> edge Chris, I'm sorry, Jason Owa, interior defensive lineman Christian Barmore, receiver Amonra um, St. Brown, um, and let's see, we have another offensive tackle, Samuel Cosme, cornerback, Ifedo Melifonwu, I hope I said that right, and safety, Richie Grant, and cornerback, Elijah Molden. Lot to choose from there. Lot to choose from, but I have the guy that I feel like the Giants are going to be interested in. They sent a bunch of people to his pro day, and it was ostensibly maybe to look at good old Micah Parsons. But... I'm going to go with Jason Owa here. Now, he's the edge rusher, number 28, from Penn State. He plays in 2020, and a reason why it's somewhat polarizing is because in 2020, he did not record a sack. A lot of people bring that up. But you want to talk about an absolute freak of nature in terms of raw athletic ability? That's Jason Owa. I mean, he blew the combine out of the water. He's somebody who can bend, has the flexibility, can convert speed to power. He's a little bit raw but he's definitely one of those moldable pieces of clay. This is a guy that if the Giants do trade out of the pick 11, I feel like they could still target him a little bit later in the first round. The fact that he fell to 42 makes me very comfortable. He had 31 pressures last year, according to Pro Football Focus, or that was in 2019, I'm sorry. He had 20 last year, and he ended up having seven sacks in his time in Penn State. Just none of them came in 2020 after Yatir Gross Mottos went to the NFL. Michael Parsons opted out. He just never really got to the quarterback, but he was still putting pressure on the quarterback, and it's one of the reasons why he's falling. This guy ended up sacking the quarterback seven times. He, with the raw tools and the length and the big hands that he possesses, I mean, he's 6'5", 252. He would, you would be hearing his name much more but it's a little bit going under the radar. But at this point of the draft, in a position of need with the coaching staff, the Giants have a coaching staff that puts a high precedent on teaching the game of football. I think these raw type of players really, really could, you could just have like incredible potential, high ceiling type of picks. So I'm going to go with Jason Owa in the second round. All right, Jason Owa, Penn State. Let me put that on the board. All right, so far so good. I, I'm agreeing with you. I, I agree that edge rusher is a need. And, you know, I've made this point before on the podcast. I'll make it again now. The Giants, when you go back and look at their recent draft history, they haven't really devoted a premium pick to an edge rusher. The last time they devoted a first-rounder, 2010 Jason Pierre-Paul, the last time they devoted a second rounder, you'd have to go back to 2009, Clint Sintum, who was a, a converted 3-4 defensive end. They tried to make him into a defensive end in a 4-3 scheme. Really, since then, they have been going with um, third rounders and later. Now, obviously, the Giants, they have Lorenzo Carter, who showed some flashes last year. He is coming off of an Achilles injury. He is also, I believe, in the final year of his rookie deal. So big year up, up ahead for him. Owa, uh, not Owa, um, O'Shane Zimenez. 
O'Shane Simenez is another young prospect that they drafted, acquired as part of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade a few years ago. Um, a guy who's shown some flashes, but you know, I think still needs to work on his run defense in order to become an every down player. And then the Giants last year, they added uh, Carter Coughlin, who showed flashes, Cam Brown, who, who flashed a little bit. And then in free agency, of course, they have Ifedi, Ifedi Odenigbo. I better go. I got to learn all these names. My goodness. Um, so they added Odenigbo. So um, they've added to the group, but, but certainly I don't know that you can say that there is a blue gooser uh, Blue Goose pass rusher amongst them. So I would definitely be down for that. And and again, if, if they were to go with Owen at that spot, um, high, he would be their highest edge rusher drafted since Jason Pierre Paul in 2010, who went number, you know, who was their Giants first round pick. So, so far, Nick, off to a good start with this draft. But hey, it's going to get tougher. Folks, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to do round three and round four, so stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Nick Filato, a writer for Giants Country, Big Blue View. He has his own podcast, Big Blue Blanter, that he does with... Uh, Dan Schneier of CBS Sports, and we are doing Nick's seven-round New York Giants mock draft before we get to the next two rounds, which is rounds uh, three and four. Uh, make sure you get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, to recap, the Giants so far, we've got offensive line, we've got edge rusher. We are now in the third round. Let's take a look at who's on the board. We have Richie Grant, safety, receiver Tylen Wallace. We have three edge rushers now, Janaris Robinson, Carlos Basham Jr., and Quincy Roche. We have, um, let's see, safety Andre Sisco. 
We have Ronnie Perkins, an edge rusher, tight end Tommy Tremble, offensive tackle Brady Christensen, interior defensive lineman Alim McNeil, interior defensive lineman Jay Tefeli of USC, uh, safety Hamza Nas. I'm going to botch this again. I apologize. Nasir Rildian, I think is how you say it, the Florida Got State it. kid. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, James Wiggins is on the board, Cincinnati safety, Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa offensive tackle, Peyton Turner, edge rusher from Houston. Um, I'm looking to see if there's any receivers. I think we just had Tylen Wallace. I mean, I, is there any anybody else you want to know about, any particular position, or do you pretty much know who, where you're going? I was looking at the receivers as well, and on the on the mock draft that I have, I have Dwayne Eskridge on the board, and that would easily be my selection right here because I feel like he is. Well, let me see. Right. Let me let me see if he's on the board. I can I can sort it by. I think I could go by position. Um, yeah. Show draft. Let's see. How do I do this by position? I want receiver. Is he all right? You were looking at. You said Dwayne. Uh, is he on this board? All right, he's not on my board. I don't see him. So the receivers that are on my board, Tylen Wallace, Demetric Felton, Chatarius Atwell, Jalen Darden, Simi Fahoko, uh, Seth Williams, Marlon Williams, Imhir, Smith, um, Marset. Last name. Mar- Marset, yep. Sage Surratt, Anthony Schwartz. I mean, it looks like, I, I don't know, where, where did... Um, see yeah I, I don't see uh Dwayne he's he's not showing up on my board so that, that's all good. I mean, I'm gonna end up going with Tylen Wallace then at this point now I'd much rather have someone like Dwayne Eskridge but I think Tylen Wallace is a player round the third round third fourth round that is going to be a solid addition onto a team he's a player who tore his ACL and then he came back and he ended up running, I believe it was a four four six forty. So ostensibly he's back from his ACL injury and ready to make quick cuts and things like that. But he's just a receiver who's more of a vertical threat, can jump over the top of people, contesting catch receiver. The issue with him would be the fact that he is a little bit more undersized for one of those types of receivers, but he has some of the better tracking, concentration, body adjustment, and controllability in the air. He played in at Oklahoma State, the Big 12 is a little bit more wide open, and I do question his ability to kind of get off press early on in the NFL, but he's not going to be pigeonholed and forced into a role. He can kind of wait and develop behind guys like Darius Slayton and then be used kind of uh, in a more calculated manner, whether that be in the slot or outside, because I believe he can do both and he can thrive in that kind of system that Jason Garrett likes the vertical base system where it's like, hey, you can run a go route, you can run a nine route, and Daniel Jones is going to trust you one-on-one coverage. And trust me, if Tyler Wall sees the field with the New York Giants, he's going to have a lot of one-on-one coverage. He won a lot in the Big 12. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to translate to the NFL consistently, but I do believe this is a selection that can have some upside, maybe a little bit more down the road, and, or down the road, and also he can have a role this year. So I'm going to go with Tyler Wallace. All right, Tylen Wallace. All right, now here's where I'm going to – I think we're going to have our first disagreement. I would have gone with Jay Tefilly Tefil, from uh, USC, and my reason is <clears throat> it, it all starts up in the trenches. And, yes, the Giants re-sign Austin Johnson. They've got, you know, B.J. Hill. 
who's going to take up, I think, some of Dalvin Tomlinson's snaps. They added Danny Shelton. But again, I'm looking long term. Shelton's one year. B.J. Hill's in the final year of his rookie deal. Austin Johnson, I believe, was only signed to one year. You're going to lose some serious steps. So why not get a guy at that point and start breaking him into the rotation? That would have been my thinking there. But, you know, look, receiver, it's such a deep class. But I have to say, in looking at the receivers, when I sorted the list according to name, I was like, wow, I don't, rec- you know, I haven't seen some of these names. So, you know, I don't, you know, I haven't read on on the scouting reports or seen film on these guys. But I, I got to go, like I said, at that point, I think I've got to go uh, with interior defensive line, just based on the fact that, you know, the depth what they have signed, what they don't, and how everything starts in the trenches. Yeah, if Tyler Shelvin was around, and I'm not sure if he was, I didn't hear his name get called, that would have been a really nice pick at that point of the draft. He wasn't around on my board. and he's he, Yeah, he was the, off my board too, yeah. Yeah, he's 300 and uh, I want to say like 345 plus pounds, and he could just sit in that uh, at that nose position and kind of just eat up and clog the A-gaps, just be an ideal fit for the tight fronts that Patrick Graham ran. And since he wasn't there, I didn't necessarily want to reach a little bit more on the kick from USC. That's why I ended up going Wallace. There's still some other interior defensive linemen I like on this board, but they don't necessarily fit that prototype of a two-gapper. Luckily, the Giants did sign Danny Shelton for this one year. But that's much more of a stop yet situation. And I'm actually really intrigued, Patty, to see if they're going to line Dexter Lawrence up at that position, how much they're going to line him up at that position, because his weight and his height suggest that he should be able to play that, but he's much more of an upfield penetrator than somebody who kind of just sits there and just eats blocks. Yeah, I'm interested to see that as well. I think, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, to me, that's that loss still hurts. And, and I know you can't pay everybody, but, you know, it just sounds like to me they're going to go with a, a rotation at that spot, um, you know, maybe or a committee, I should say, not a rotation. Uh, rotation is probably the bad, uh, not the right word, but uh, and, and I'm just curious to see how effective it's going to be, and 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 moreover, what kind of effect is it going to have on Leonard Williams? I mean, Leonard Williams played so well last year, and you know, let's give credit where it's due, Leonard did you know he did a lot of the work so he gets a lot of the credit but Leonard also also often spoke about the effect Dalvin had on his game and I'm just wondering what they're going to end up missing without having Dalvin in there next to Leonard yeah it's uh it could definitely have an effect and for me it's more about the continuity of the of those early down defenses where the Giants just owned the A and B gap and just spilled everything outside to their Force defenders and their contained defenders on the outside. And that, that was something that Dalvin Tomlinson was pivotal at doing. And Danny Shelton has done it in the past. I mean, he's played in these two gapping systems with the Lions, with the Patriots. He's done it in the past, but to the level of what he's going to be able to do, it may not be the same that can unlock what Leonard Williams was able to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, we'll see if they agree. But um, all right, let's move on to round number four. Giants are on the clock. And I'll tell you that the pickings are getting a little, I guess, uh, slim here in terms of matching up a need with, with um, you know, a prospect. But we have uh, USC safety Talanoa Hufanga, running back Trey Sermon, running back Jamar Jefferson, Kentucky cornerback Kelvin Joseph, Pittsburgh edge Patrick Jones II, Duke edge Victor Demuk. 
Demukeche, North Texas receiver Jalen Darden, cornerback Robert Rochelle from Central, Central Arkansas, Tulane Edge Patrick Johnson, Georgia safety Richard LeCount III, interior lineman uh, Deontay Brown from Alabama, and Trey Smith from Tennessee. Uh, we've got a receiver, Simi Fihoko from Stanford, safety Adarius Washington, TCU. Oh, wow. Osa Odigizua is still on the board. I'm surprised. UCLA interior defensive lineman. Um, yeah. You need to, you need a specific position you want me to check? I'm uh, wondering if Aaron Banks, the interior offensive lineman from Notre Dame, is around because he's, he's around on my, on my mock. Okay. He's interior offensive line? Let's see. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Banks. I think he was dra- I think he went off my board, but let me see. Okay. What about let me see if he's on Oh, is he on my board? Or did he go? Yeah, he's off my board. He he was already drafted. What about Quinn Miner? Interior off the lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater. Quinn yeah, Banks I see now just went to the Browns. Okay, let's see. Quinn. Oops. Checking Quinn Myers. Nope, don't have him on the board either. He, okay. I don't know where That's he fine. went. I, I believe I'm actually going to end up going with Kelvin Joseph here, the cornerback from Kentucky. Now, okay. about two months ago, earlier in the draft process, a lot of people were talking about Kelvin Joseph as a first-round pick and everything like that. And it kind of came out of nowhere. People were just getting around to his tape. And I thought that was a little bit rich just from a little bit of Kentucky football that I saw when I watched some Jamin Davis. But here in the fourth round, I mean, I think that's good value for a developmental cornerback who has man coverage ability, who is fluid hips, and who can kind of you know, hopefully add a little bit more weight. He's a little bit undersized, but I believe he's just going to end up being depth for the New York Giants, and it's, again, another high upside type of pick right here. The Giants are set at starting corner right now, but, I mean, you still bring in a Dory Jackson, but I still remember last year when the defense was still pretty solid, way too many snaps to Isaac Yitam, way too many snaps to Ryan Lewis. So I think Joseph can kind of slide in, and then that may even free up Julian Love to play more of a diverse role where he can play in the slot. If something were to happen to Darnay Holmes, he can play safety. If something were to happen to Xavier McKinney or Jabril Peppers, and then now you have kind of another safety blanket, so you don't have to see the items and the and the Ryan Lewis's of the world getting on the field. But this is still more of a little bit of a developmental pick, but I still think it has high upside. So I'm going to go with Joseph here. Kelvin Joseph, cornerback from Kentucky in the fourth round. All right, let's plug him in here. <clears throat> All right, and you know what? I agree to, to add, uh, you know, about adding another uh, cornerback. You know, look, who uh, I think it was uh, Ernie, of course, he's once said you can never have too many edge rushers. Well, with the league having uh, evolved into a passing league, you can use depth at cornerback. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, I'm not sh- I don't know much about this particular prospect, but – I like the thinking in terms of, of the position and, and he was also like at the top of the board there. So definitely, you know, best available. Um, so yeah, I, I like that, that pick. I think you're, you're onto something so far. You're, you're nailing this, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, Patty. All right, folks, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, the Giants don't have a fifth round pick, but they have two six round picks. Who are, who will Nick be picking? We're going to find out in just a moment. 
With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants Segment 3. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I have Nick Filato, who is a writer for Giants Country. He is a writer for Big Blue View. He is the co-host of the Big Blue Banter podcast. Does a really great job breaking down college prospects, um, doing the film work and everything. So make sure you check out his work. And he, of course, is doing a seven-round New York Giants-only mock draft here on today's show. Before we get back to uh, Nick's final two picks for the New York Giants, just a quick announcement. April 19th through the 26th, you'll want to tune in and listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our vocal experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by the Locked On and Odyssey, on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, news that matter, to you. That's Odyssey, spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. And Nick, we are now in the sixth round. And remember, the Giants do not have a fifth round pick because they owe that pick to the New York Jets to complete the Leonard Williams trade. And Nick, let's take a look at who is in the fifth round. And there's a ton of receivers. I got to tell you, a ton of receivers here in the fifth round. I don't know if you want to look at that. They're the only non-receiver we have, we have a couple of edges. Uh, Chris Rump the second from Duke, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. Otherwise, receivers include UAB, Austin Watkins, Arizona State, Frank Darby, Louisville, Des Fitzpatrick, Houston's Marquez Stevenson, uh, North Carolina, Daz Newsom, Hawaii, Rico Busi Jr., um, let me see. Kay Johnson from South Dakota State. And then we've got Cornell 
uh, Powell from Clemson. Uh, and then it looks like we've got one running back tucked in there, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. I can check, you know, let me know. Do you want me to check on a particular position? No, you, you had me at Ellerson Smith. So I'm going to go with Ellerson Smith. He is the pass rusher from Northern Iowa. He's a shade under six foot seven in the two fifties, has incredibly long arms and he absolutely has destroyed the offseason so far. Now, a player like Ellison Smith playing at a small school, an FCS program, did not get the opportunity to play in 2020, which is unfortunate. And he went down to the Senior Bowl without playing for over a year and caught everybody's eyes against these SEC, Big Ten, and ACC, Big 12, Pac-12 guys. So everyone's like, what is, who is this guy from Northern Iowa absolutely dominating in individual drills and in team drills on the inside and on the edge? He really showed, I thought, a lot of just a lot of effective play down there at the Reese Senior Bowl. And then his pro day, he ends up testing in over the 90th percentile in the majority of drills, especially the lower body explosive drills, which translates to his tape. He has an incredible first step. He's very, very quick, does a great job getting horizontal when, when slanting inside. So he keeps his chest clean, doesn't allow offensive linemen to kind of get inside of him, uses his length very, very well. And he has a solid array of pass rush moves. So I believe Ellerson Smith would be a good addition here for Patrick Graham to go along with Jason Owa as these pass rushers who can kind of step in. I think he's going to be a little bit more situational because Ellerson Smith, he if you will watch his 2019 tape, he wasn't getting bullied because it's a smaller level, it's a smaller program, but he wasn't holding up the point of attack as well as you would expect him to. But that was also back in 2019. He goes to the senior bowl. I felt like he did that at a higher rate, I would say. I think he was a little bit more effective in that area. But I don't know if he's going to be one of these players that's going to be a full-time player right now in the National Football League, but an excellent pass rush specialist. You can use his quickness and his length to be disruptive, and you're getting him in the sixth round. I think this is another high upside type of pick, and I feel like as a developmental pass rusher, it's it's a no-brainer with the kind of athletic traits and length that he does have. All right, so Ellis, Ellerson Smith is your guy. He's my guy right now. <laughs> All right. Let me plug him in there. And again, double-dipping on the edge, you know, I, I – Look, you can never have too many edge rushers. And like I said, you know, you don't know what kind of condition is Lorenzo Carter going to be in. You don't know what a Zimenez is going to be in. So, you know, look, bring them in and, and let them all compete. And, you know, maybe Carter Coughlin moves into, you know, inside linebacker, more of an inside linebacker role. Maybe, um, you know, Cam Brown doesn't stick around. I don't know. I mean, it, it's certainly – if you notice, there's a lot of competition at certain spots where there were some question marks and, and certainly there, um, look, sort it out. I mean, like I said, the Giants haven't had any homegrown pass rushers in, in so long. So uh, no time then the present to start now, right? Absolutely. And, and also the two main guys you're kind of relying upon right now are both kind of question marks and we're both on the IR before week five last season. And I don't know about you, Patty. I saw way too many snaps with David Mayo playing the edge and even Blake Martinez mm. season. And we can't have that anymore. We need the Giants to bring in, like you said, homegrown talent that can be groomed and developed and hopefully sign a second contract. I know that's a little bit down the road, but I'm all for adding, especially some of these later guys like an Ellerson Smith or even a Chris Rumpf. You brought him up from Duke. I like that player as well. 
I'm all for adding them a little bit later in the draft, developing them, and then having them be with Patrick Graham in this system. Because I'm a big believer in what Patrick Graham can do. I think he's a very effective coach, very good teacher, and he also pushes his guys to the limit, which is something that you like to see. There's no relaxation there. It's all about competition, and that's what football should be about. Yeah, and you know, you bring up uh, Patrick Graham. It's interesting, Nick, on on, on uh, Giants country. I had Jim Mora Jr. Uh, I did a video, a series of videos with him, and we talked about Patrick Graham and also the addition of Jeremy Pruitt, who you know has a defensive background and and the stuff that he brings. And Jim made an excellent point. He he said that basically all those college concepts that the Giants have struggled to defend that uh, Pruitt can maybe bring some fresh ideas to help. And he thinks that that's a, a really underrated um, addition by the Giants. You know, I know some people were, were like, oh, why are they hiring Pruitt, especially after how his tenure in Tennessee ended. But Mora really liked that, that uh, hire for the Giants. He thinks that's going to help take that defense to a whole new level. Yes, and I think that um, just having somebody as illustrious as Jim Mora talk about that, it, it, goes a long way, but it's also something that's evident as well. I mean, this coaching staff, bringing in guys like Pruitt, retaining even Freddie Kitchens, who kind of has a stigma around him because he failed as a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. I think that's important. And I think also bringing in guys that Joe Judge trusts, who will buy in and will try to undermine or usurp Joe Judge, which you kind of laugh at, but at the same time, it's something that happens in the NFL and you see it. There's definitely people who do not like the head coach they are working for for a variety of reasons, but Joe Judge seems to have a really strong hold on this coaching staff. And I mean, we saw what happened with Mark Colombo. We hope something like that doesn't happen. That wasn't necessarily a Joe Judge guy. That was a JC Garrett guy who came over. Definitely didn't work out. Now, hopefully that's water under the bridge and this coaching staff can get the most out of these players. Yeah, indeed. So I'm excited to see what, what, what that what they bring. And I love what Joe judge is doing with his staff. You know, I a question I got uh, that I'm going to address on the, on the mailbag is why is Joe judge hiring all these coaches? Is this unusual? You know, you kind of, you allow guys to concentrate on smaller areas rather than having one guy having to do 50 million things. Now maybe he only has to do a million things, you know? So I kind of like the, the approach Joe is taking with building up his staff and a lot of college guys who, you know, they're going to have Intel on these college kids. You know, that's an, another under the radar fact because, uh, you know, obviously the teams couldn't go out and scout like they traditionally did in the past. And, you know, these college coaches, they competed against these kids. They recruited them. They know them as well as anybody. So that was another under the radar type of factor I think that went into you know judges decision plus the fact that like you said he knows them and he trusts them all right Nick let's go into the final uh six round pick and um again a lot of receivers are on the board my goodness so um let me see the giant let's see pretty much the same guys I mentioned last time some new ones include uh, Trevon Grimes, Florida, Bobby Ground, interior defensive lineman from Texas A&M, cornerback Trey Brown, Tay Gowan, cornerback UCF. Shaka uh, Tony is still on the board. Wow. Penn State edge rusher. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to probably have to go to a position here because there's a lot of receivers here, unless you want a receiver. No, I'm not necessarily looking at the receivers right now, but I, I have my eye on offensive lines still, and it's not it's more of a depth addition and somebody who I feel, feel like 
can, who have played an NFL style scheme, I guess you could say, I don't really know how much weight that holds these days, but at Iowa, and that's a Larry Jackson, who as I believe was a four year starter at, at Iowa. He is a powerful type of guy. He's not, I thought he would be longer to be honest. He was the starting left tackle for Iowa when Tristan Wirfs was there. So uh-huh. it said about him. And I, I know a lot of people who are close with the Iowa program. They, they really, really like this kid and everything, but he dealt with some injuries. And I think that's one reason why he slipped ended up going down to the senior bowl. I felt like he didn't seize the moment as much as I really wanted him to, but that's another reason why you're selecting him here almost in the seventh round. And he's somebody who I feel like is a good run blocker can still get a little bit better as a pass protector but he does have a lot of experience and he's somebody who is powerful at the point of attack. And you kind of bring him in and just develop him. He's probably not going to be somebody who would ever dress in the first year, but I do believe it's just somebody that you can add. And if something were to happen to some of these tackles on the team, if they end up getting injured, this is somebody who is competent enough to step in, but you ideally do not want that early on, but hopefully it can develop into something a little bit more. So I'm going to go with the Larry Jackson, Iowa tackle. Okay, he is definitely on the board. Let's plug him in. All right, I have him plugged in, and I believe that is the – yes, the Giants don't have a seventh rounder, so I'm just going to let this generate a little bit. And as it generates, and we'll review the the picks, interesting, no running back selected. I mean, was that just – you don't see the value there, or you think that maybe they can get a, a, you know, an option as an undrafted free agent? I looked at the running backs just from the board that I had going, and there were a couple guys I had in mind to target, but none of them really were there when I wanted to select them. And I do believe that you can get somebody in undrafted free agency. And the fact that the Giants signed Deontay Booker Booker to a a solid deal is something that, that makes me think that they may not allocate one of their six picks towards the running back position. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But none of the guys that I were really looking for at the time of the draft were available. So I just didn't go with uh, – I didn't want to reach on somebody that I wasn't in love with. All right. And let's just see. We're going to finalize the draft. And let's go to user picks here. All right. So to recap, Rashawn Slater, tackle, Northwestern at 11. Jason Owab, edge, Penn State at 42. Tylen Wallace, receiver, Oklahoma State at 76. Kelvin Joseph, cornerback, Kentucky at 116, Ellerson Smith, Edge, Northern Iowa at 196, and Alaric Jackson, offensive tackle at 201, Iowa. Not yes, bad. Not, Not bad. bad. The Slater pick is a guard more so, too. Like He can't play tackle. I feel like he can be an effective tackle in the NFL, but for what the Giants need in 2021, I'm, I'm, that's a guard pick, in my opinion. It's a versatile pick. Yeah, I, I really like that pick, and that's the guy right now. I, if I had to, you know, take a guess, I would say he would make the most sense. But, you know, let me just quick ask you. I mean, could you see a scenario where maybe the Giants trade down and still are able to get Rashawn Slater? That's. I think that would be difficult, to be honest. I mean, Rashawn Slater, I know there might be a lot of quarterbacks that go before the New York Giants, but he could realistically still be one of those five picks. I mean, there's a lot of like rumors going around. Who knows what to believe? It's it's the season of smoke screens at the moment. But there are a lot of rumors that the NFL values, and if people in the NFL value Rashawn Slater more than even someone like Penny Sewell, which, you know, Penny Sewell there at 11, signed me up all day. He's not as technically sound as someone like Rashawn Slater, but people who are over 330 pounds shouldn't move the way Penny Sewell moves. So 
I, uh, I, I'm not 100% sure if Slater would be there if the Giants were to trade down. It also depends on where they trade down to. If they trade down to like 13 or something like that, maybe. But I, I wouldn't want to take that risk. Yeah, you know, and Dave Gettleman has never traded down. And, you know, I I have a video coming out again with Jim Moore who talks about how what goes into an organizational decision to trade down. He Basically, it is an organization-wide decision. It's not just the GM deciding, oh, I'm going to trade down and, you know, five spots because I, I got this type of offer. But you know what? You wonder if Dave Gettleman – you know, and, and I know we say this every year, but you wonder if this is going to be the year. And, and that's because they're not going to have any comp picks next year. Um, does it make sense to start stocking up? You know, because again, Joe Judge comes from Bill Belichick's uh, treating and, and they were notorious for, you know, trading and moving up and down the board and adding picks and stockpiling picks and stuff like that. But I think it's going to tell us just how close they think this team is to being a competitive team by what, by what's going on. So absolutely. And I think another interesting thing, and yes, five quarterbacks could go ahead of the New York Giants, but say four of them do, and then one of them is a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, or even a Mac Jones is sitting there, because I think it's all it's consensus now it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson as the first two picks in the 2021 NFL draft. But if one of those other quarterbacks are there at 11, the Giants can be like, yo, come on, give me the phone calls right now, and they could drop down, trade down, and then get a good haul for 2021 and 2022, which is just going to add to the depth and help replenish this roster. Yeah, I totally agree. Nick, you know what? This was a lot of fun. I hope you had a lot of fun doing this. Absolutely. I love talking NFL, especially with you, Patty. I mean, we always have a great time at Giants Country. Everybody, please check us out over there. We're doing excellent work, not only for the NFL draft, but also for your beloved New York Giants. All right, there you have it, folks. Nick Filato, thank you so much for tuning in. And make sure you keep it here all week long on the Locked on Giants podcast. Still to come, we're going to get a mock draft, Giants only, seven-round mock draft only, from David Turner is going to join us. We're going to have Ben Stevens, who covers Locked on Big Ten, going to fill us in on some of the draft prospects that we still haven't covered from some of the other schools. And still a lot more guests to come here on the Locked on Giants podcast as we count down to the NFL Draft. And of course, NFL Draft Weekend, which is just a couple weekends in a way, we are going to have round-the-clock coverage. So we're going to be doing shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You're going to get shows every one of those days. And um, hope you enjoy the coverage. So for Nick Filato, I am Patricia Trena. Thank you again for listening, Giant fans, and we'll talk soon.